0: Welcome. I'm Cheryl Gould, and I am so glad that you're here. Well, hi, friend. Welcome to the podcast today. And I'm so excited that you're here and you're listening in because you're going to be very glad you did. Who here wishes that they were better equipped to help? teach their kids how to manage their money. Maybe you never learned how to budget your own money growing up, and you had to learn as an adult. And if you're like me, you weren't all that good at budgeting. And I remember signing up for a credit card in college and being so excited and going shopping, only to realize that you had to pay interest if you couldn't pay the whole thing. And I remember also, do you remember the day when the days when you had to balance a checkbook and I was not very good at that? And wouldn't it be awesome to raise kids who were financially empowered, where they understood the value of a dollar? They were motivated to earn their own money and wanted to be responsible with that money to be able to save it. Give it and spend it wisely. Well, my special guests today on the show are the authors of a fantastic new book, How to Money. Love this book. Jean Chatsky is a New York Times bestselling author and financial expert who has spent decades reporting on personal finance, including 25 years on The Today Show. She is also the CEO and co founder of Her Money. And Catherine Tuggle, who is chief content officer and Gracie award winning editor in chief at HerMoney.com and produces and co-host the Her Money podcast. So let's dive into how to empower your kids to take charge of how to money. Well, Jean and Catherine, welcome to the Moms of Tweens and Teens podcast. I am so excited to have you both here with me.
1: Thank you so much. Yeah,
2: so
0: good to be here, Cheryl. Thank you. Well, I am so excited about your latest book, How to Money, and I I can't wait to jump into this. I get questions all the time from moms, from parents, caregivers about how to help their kids manage their money. So we have so much to uh, talk about today, but I love, love the book. I love the illustrations, and this can be a really emotional topic. So I just want to launch in and ask you, you know, what led you to write this book and can you tell each tell a little bit about your own story.
1: Sure. I I think for both Catherine and and me, we wanted this book when we were younger. I know I made a ton of financial mistakes in not so much my late teens. I was actually a pretty good worker and saver. But once I got out of college, I made every mistake in the book. And it's part of our goal at Her Money as we try to bring other women along financially to just save them from some of the pain that we went through um, to help them do it better. Because money... You know, it's it's interesting. Money gets put in a corner as some sort of a secret language, a special set of skills. It's just a life skill. It's a life skill that every woman needs to have. Every person needs to have. And so, we wrote this book to really try to um, put it in plain English and and um, eliminate some of the the mystery.
2: To Jean's point about writing the book that we wish we had, I mean that is how we approached this from day one. I think that a lot of entrepreneurs say that they were inspired to start their business or invent their product um, because they needed it. Necessity is the mother of invention, and I think that that's exactly where we were with this book. We said, okay, what are the basics uh, that are not taught, and how can we convey them in a manner that is going to be compelling? to a younger demographic. You know, how can we explain compound interest in a way that is going to engage and not cause eyes to glaze over, which is really what we set out to do. Um, And I think I, like many women, was given the basics, you know, don't, don't spend more than you earn. But the concept of investing, the concept of negotiating for a salary, those were things that were never broached in my home. So, you know, we really tried to give young women the keys to the kingdom of money.
0: Yeah, I love that. Um, I just feel like if we didn't get it growing up, I know for myself that, I mean, I learned a little bit, but nothing. I was learning a lot from your book. It's hard to give that to our kids, what we didn't get. And so I even think for, for parents, caregivers that are listening to this, to get the money,
1: the, to get the book and go through it. I it, think yeah, that
0: discussion, a book that's used for discussions.
1: Yeah, I think that's great. And I think the other thing parents and caregivers need to realize is that your kids are getting a lot from you, even if you're not actively saying it. Right, it, kids pick it all up. Um, they they pick up the the um, anxiety around money. They pick up um, the fact that you bring shopping bags home and hide the receipts. Um, they bring, you know, they they I mean I I have I have two kids. They're no longer, sadly, teens and tweens. Um, but you know, I, I do remember the experience of giving my daughter, you know, some mixed messages. At, at one point, she wanted money for something. I don't even remember what it was. And we were in a store and I said, well, no, we we don't have money for that right now, um, which she knew was a lie, right? And she said, well, just go to the machine and get some. Right. And and so she didn't really at that point understand while I was working to put the money into the machine so that we could take it out. And it was a choice. And it made me more conscious about my language with her, you know, made me more conscious about the fact that mm-hmm. it's a choice. It happens to be my choice because it's my money. But what we want is for our kids to grow up to be good makers of their own choices, to understand that money's a limited resource, that they have to choose which things are important to them today, but also in the future.
0: Oh, yeah. And that's one of the things that I love so much about the book is just how you bring this consciousness, uh, raise awareness of even why we buy. And why, you know, and I was like, oh, I relate to that. Why kids feel the need to buy. And so can you maybe, Catherine, you can touch upon that, because I think it's helpful for our listeners to hear, to raise their awareness. So, um, yeah, can you speak to that, the whole social media culture and how that feeds into it? Yeah,
2: I mean, I think that when we were growing up, we were. Of course, being marketed to on television, billboards, in stores. And I think social media has just put a magnifying glass on that and and made it more pronounced by a factor of 10,000 because you can't scroll through any news source. You can't check on updates from any of your friends without being marketed to. Um, and what we have really tried to convey in this book is that you are being sold to. Yes. And you are being sold to so that you buy things. And you, in some cases, are the product. People want your information so that they can sell it. So we really tried to, to help create a sense of pride in what it means to be a consumer, that your dollars are valuable, that your time is valuable, and you can be an educated consumer, which, which is the most empowered possible position to be in. Um, Because when you know that you're being marketed to and when you know that you're being sold to, then suddenly all your decisions get a little bit smarter. They get a little bit more savvy. You're going to maybe take that 24-hour pause on an item before you buy it. You're maybe not going to stop and buy three bags of caramel popcorn in the line at TJ Maxx. You're maybe not going to just hastily add to cart without first thinking about it and doing some comparison shopping. And and hopefully, we hope that the people who read this book will also see what influencer marketing really is, that these people who you follow on Instagram are very often being paid to sell you these products. They don't actually like the product. They might not ha- even use the product other than for that one photo op that you happen to see in your feed. So, you know, we've really tried to instill in the reader what it means to be a smart consumer in 2022, because it's very different than what it meant to be a smart consumer. Even in 2012, it's just radically changed.
0: Yes. I know it's like standing in Sephora and you're standing in line, you see that lip gloss and it's on sale and it's like, oh, I think I need that. Or, you know, I I was looking at dresses online. Now they're all in my feed. And I'm like, oh, maybe I need that one, you know? And I'm like, no, no, no. You know, just to become aware. Have you found that in the research that you've done for the book and with kids, just them knowing how they're being marketed to and raising their awareness around that has changed the way that they look at their money?
1: I think it really does. I think it's not going to help them escape every single bit of their emotion, but a little bit of information goes a very, very long way. I had a a discussion with my niece yesterday. She's 17 years old and she started a business during COVID um, that is a fashion business. She's silk screening t-shirts and selling them and making a Quite a bit of money, actually, quite a bit for a seventeen-year-old, and she called because um, she was thinking about maybe tapping into a credit card or a line of credit in order to buy supplies for her future products. And I said, "Well, where is your money that you're earning today is going? Where is that money going?" And she she's been smart. Her father, you know, majored in accounting, and he's got her putting away a third for taxes. But I said, you know, what about the rest? There's a lot of money there. And she said, well, you know, I'm a teenager, and if you give a teenager money, they're gonna spend it. I was like, Sid, we gotta, we gotta get in the middle of that feedback loop. You know, we've got to, we gotta, we've gotta figure out a way so that maybe you spend some of it, but not all of it. And and we had a whole discussion with about how she would be opening another savings account for future business expenses to sock away money that she wanted to use for additional supplies or to get her into this line extension that she wants. And she could spend the rest, but you know, it's she didn't know how to put those training wheels on herself. And now that she does, I'm fully confident that she'll actually do it. And I think a lot of teens, once they have the information about, What's happening once they understand? I think what Catherine said about the Instagram um TikTok stars and their products, not um, you know, a lot of them don't get paid money, they just get paid stuff, right? And and pulling back the veil a little bit and exposing that truth to this audience of um teenagers with money is. Uh, it's really important, particularly as you grow into an adult with money, because the goal is that once, once you have additional resources, you'll be able to manage them.
0: Yeah, I hear that so often um, working with parents about how their kids will blow through money. They'll get a j- summer job. They want them to save for the school year or when they go back to college, and they end up spending and not thinking about it. And that can be a real, and then they go to school, and they're like, well, we're not going to give you money. And then the kids don't have money. And then maybe they end up caving in. What would you recommend to parents that are listening? How, how, How do you think you can help your kid navigate that? Well, first I would say if the
2: expectation is that your child is going to be saving and they don't, then that's on you because that was your expectation that they were going to be saving and you maybe helped them get that job. But if you then didn't take those follow-up steps to ensure that they were putting it in a savings account or putting it in an IRA, that's your responsibility. Um, And I think, you know, starting with those tough conversations to say like, you know, Act as if there is no other option than a third of it goes into savings or, you know, whatever, whatever ratios you would like your child to be spending versus saving for college versus saving for retirement. You've got to figure that out and then lay those expectations out and you can introduce your child to the beauty of automation. Uh, So they are never tempted to spend that money. That money just immediately comes out of their checking account and goes into savings before they have a chance to spend it. Um, You know, I I think that there is going to be a certain level of handholding that you have to do with these first financial conversations if you want your child to be successful.
1: I also think that allowance can be a really good teaching tool to help with this right if you do it correctly if as a parent you set up an allowance even if you do it before your kid is old enough to work so that that allowance has to be used for things that used to come out of the parents budget but now come out of the child's budget right if if the goal is as your kids get more in the way of resources they have to use that money to make the choices that an adult would make only with smaller amounts and smaller obligations. So if you decide, Hey, I'm going to give you my child an allowance. And previously I have paid for you to um, buy birthday gifts for your friends. Previously I've paid for your snacks after school. When I have food in the fridge, I've paid for you to get that manicure every once in a while. I'm going to give you enough money to get some, but not all of those things. And you're going to have to make choices. And then kids absolutely have to work because there is a big difference between um, what they're willing to buy with their money and what they're willing to buy with their parents' money, right? It's once it's the hours of their time that have been spent to earn money that could be used to buy that t-shirt, they may not want that t-shirt all that much. Right. It may, I mean, I've I've had conversations with my own kids, you know, well, I'm I'm I would like to buy it with your money. I don't want to buy it with my money. Well, you know, to that, I'm not buying it. So now you make the choice. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What I'm hearing you both say, and that's why I love the book so much, is thinking through these things ahead of time. And helping in this book, I know it's geared towards teens and young adults, but I really think it's good for parents as well, because it gets you thinking about how you can talk to your kids about these things. And allowance is one of those things. And what you were saying, Catherine, too, is just getting, you know, having that conversation when they get that job, how much money they're going to be saving. And that part of that money is going to go into saving. Otherwise you're just reacting, you know, and the allowance too. I just had a mom that asked the other day, her, um, her daughter was 12 and she wants to get Starbucks and she wants to get her nails done with her friends and all these things. And she's like, how much allowance should I give? Should I give her? Because she's breaking, you know, she's uh, breaking the bank here. You know, I can't continue spending this money. So, um, what would you say you think is a reasonable allowance for a 12-year-old?
1: I think it's completely and totally dependent on how much of that stuff your your um, listener, your community member believes that her daughter should be buying, right? If If she thinks that one manicure every two weeks or a month is is fine and Starbucks twice a week or once a week is fine, then she should give her enough for that and tell her if she wants more, it's time to start babysitting.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I love it. That's so good. It's time to start babysitting. So what are a few of your budgeting tips? Can you share just
1: a few of those that you share in the book? So I don't really believe that you can budget um you can budget front to back. I, I don't think it's really possible to sit down with um a sum of money and say, This is how much I want to spend on rent, this is how much I want to spend on my car, this is how much I want to spend on food. I think you have to know what you are spending, and then you can make changes in those numbers and and tweaking what's already happening is a lot easier than trying to project in a vacuum. So my, um, my backwards budget is basically that. You got to figure out where your money is going today. So that's true if you are 15 years old and you have a job after school and an allowance. It's also true if you're an adult and you get a paycheck or you have a freelance income, take a really good hard look at where your money's going. There are a lot of apps that can help you do this, but you can do it with pencil and paper. It's it's not hard. It's tedious, but it is not hard. Um, and then once you have the information, and, and it's good to get a couple of weeks information Um, then you look at it and you say, and and everybody has the same experience of looking at it and thinking, oh my gosh, oh, I had no idea I was spending that much money on Uber, right? I had no idea I was spending that much money on my dog, whatever, whatever it happens to be. But once you know, then maybe you can change it and maybe you can't and you if you can't change it and and I tell this story I in the book because I think it it was an important lesson for me my son um when he graduated from college and got his first job said I need a budget and I was just like oh thank you yes um <laughs> cheering uh and I had him go through this process of um, tracking his spending for a couple of weeks. And then we sat down to actually pull it together. And he said to me, um I need $250 a month for Uber. And I said, that's ridiculous. You have a car. And he said, well, on the weekends, he lives in Los Angeles. He said, on the weekends, we drink. And when I drink, I don't drive. And I said, you need $250 a month for Uber. So let's find it. And we went through the budget and we found it from other places because that was a non-negotiable. He was, you know, he, he was going to not drive when he was drinking. I was fully supporting that. And so we found the money in, in other ways.
0: Yeah. And, uh, Yeah. That he just saw that and you're like, that's ridiculous. But then when he shared it and thinking, well, safety is so important. So we need to pull from other areas. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Coming up with a plan with your kid to be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Any lessons, any lessons that stood out to you, Catherine, from the book that, that you feel would be helpful to parents?
2: Yeah. You know, we hear a lot from the younger generation that they want their dollars to make an impact, whether that is through charitable donations or whether that is through um, causes that they support or investing in companies that are doing good. So I think that when you're trying to make these money conversations more interesting and you're trying desperately to get your kid excited about a budget or excited about saving for college or excited about that first job tune into what they love, tune into what they have expressed an interest in, talk to them about the internships that they might want to have. If that internship is going to be unpaid, then that's your gateway into a conversation about saving for college. And suddenly now they're not just saving for boring textbooks, they're saving so that they can have their dream internship in New York City. And if they're interested in making sure that 10% of their paycheck goes towards charitable contributions have a dialogue with them about their favorite charities. Do they want to support women's rights? Do they want to support the environment? And then you can kind of back into earning as a way to show them that your money is the pathway to living the life that you want. So now let's talk about how to make sure that your money is working for you so that you can get there.
0: The book is really empowering. And I love that you're sharing that because you say in the book, what is the change that you want to make happen in the world? Like, what's your what's your part in that? And I think that that's such an empowering way for our kids to think about money, too, and, and um, how they can make a difference. So thank you for coming on. And um, I would love for you to share where they can find you. And I'll share all the links, tell them a little bit about her money so they can find that as well
1: sure so they can find um and and Cheryl thank you for having us first of all this was so much fun um they can find us at hermoney.com. Catherine and I um, share hosting duties on the Her Money podcast so they can listen to us there as well. If they have any questions, we have a mailbag segment on the Her Money podcast and they can send us questions and we are so happy to answer them. Yeah. The book is how to money. You can find it on Amazon or from your local
2: bookseller. Um, And you can find Jean at Jean Chatsky almost everywhere. And you can find me at Catherine Tuggle almost
0: everywhere as well. Well, thank you. Thank you both for all that you're doing and how you're empowering women and now teens and, and, uh, those, uh, that are adulting. So we need, we need that support. So thank you so much.
1: Thank you as well.
0: Thanks, Cheryl. Well, that's it for today. And thank you, friend, for joining me. And I want to encourage you, if you have not signed up to get on our newsletter list, to go over to momsoftweensandteens.com, sign up for the newsletter, and you will be one of the first ones to know. When we are launching our three-day free workshop series in September, and then we're opening up the Inner Circle membership, this is a wonderful time to connect with other moms that are in the trenches raising tweens and teens. And also, I get to personally connect with you, which is what I love the most. And we're going to be talking all about how to break free of the entitlement trap and how to raise successful, independent tweens and teens. So I am so excited to get to be with you. And until then, until next time, have a great week and I will see you back here next week.